Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These life studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. The believers in Corinth in the early church were rich in many things. They had received the initial gifts of the divine life and the Holy Spirit. They were enriched in all knowledge, and they even had many miraculous gifts in their midst. Yet Paul referred to them as infants or babes in Christ. How could that be with all that God had given them? Primarily, it's because they neglected the matter of life and growing spiritually in the divine life. So the Apostle Paul points out to them in clear types and pictures the importance and necessity of the divine life. Listen again as his words are so full of references to life and growth. What then is Apollos and what is Paul? Ministers through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to each one of them, I planted, Apollos watered, but God caused the growth. So then neither is he who plants anything, nor he who waters, but God who causes the growth. We are God's fellow workers. You are God's cultivated land, God's building. Ron Kangas has joined us. Fellowship from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and a chapter we are really growing to love and appreciate and seeing uh, wonderful and marvelous things each day. Thanks for being here, Ron. It's a privilege, as always. I never take it for granted. It never gets old. We always look to the Lord to touch him in his freshness and in his newness. As you read the verses, certain words stood out. God's fellow workers. Yeah. What is this, to be co-workers of God? God's cultivated land. This has something to do with farming, with producing living plants, God's building, God's fellow workers, God's cultivated land, God's building. The thought here is divine. God caused the growth. So we're here to do a little watering today. That we need to do. It doesn't say that God does the watering directly. We need to do the watering. But Chris, we're very conscious that although the one who has the ministry to plant does plant, the one who has the portion to water, waters, but God causes the growth. So we're not here in the presumption that we can cause anyone to grow, we can't cause ourselves to grow. That is to overstep and to try to do what only God can do. So we are here by his grace as God's fellow workers, laboring on God's cultivated land with the goal of God's building. And we're here to water, trusting that as we do, God, the one we serve, will cause the growth. 
Ron, Paul uses uh, expressions in this chapter, and it's important to realize this chapter, which is all about the church, yet it's interesting that the phrase or the term the church is absent from the chapter, but the references to it are quite marvelous. Uh, we've just heard you talk about a few of them. But it's important because Witness Lee will, in this first portion, uh, remind us of something that we saw in chapter 2, verse 13. Which things also we speak, Paul said, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual things with spiritual words. And so here to see the church uh, represented as first God's farm or God's cultivated land and God's building and ultimately the temple. These surely are spiritual words used to convey real spiritual things, aren't they? They are, and as we saw in previous programs, the spiritual things are communicated by spiritual words to spiritual people. So we need to be those that are exercising our regenerated spirit mingled with the divine spirit to make us one spirit with the Lord, according to 1 Corinthians 6.17. Hmm. Where do we get there and touch upon that jewel in this epistle? So we see that Paul himself, in chapter 3, exhibits the very practice he describes in chapter 2. He is communicating spiritual things by spiritual words. And Brother Witness Lee, although we would not compare him or classify him with Paul, but the principle of his ministry is the same. To not trust in human wisdom or human eloquence, but to look to the indwelling spirit to give spiritual words for the communication of spiritual things. And uh, it's quite instructive to listen not only to what our brother says, but to how and to the way in the Spirit he says them. Hmm. That's enough of an introduction. Let's join Witness Lee. Paul's concept is that we have to uh, convey, communicate, spiritual things by spiritual things. That means by spiritual words. What are the spiritual words? The spiritual words are the spiritual things designating what the spiritual things are. Could you see this? So Paul says, now I'm talking spiritual things by spiritual things. This is the best way. They're saying, you just think about it. Printing means what? Printing means, firstly, you have to impart life to a dead sinner, making that dead sinner a living plant. You see, Paul said, I was a father, begetting you all. That was Paul's way to make the Corinthians plants. See, they were not plants. They were dead things. But Paul wasn't there. Paul imparted life into them making them living plants. Number one. Number two, to plant, you need to bring this living thing into the proper earth, right? And the proper earth, no doubt, is the church life. So firstly, we learn how to impart Christ into the sinners through our gospel preaching in life. Then... We plant them into the proper earth. 
that is the church life. And this is planting. Okay? Then the next item is watering. Uh, to water people is a very, very easy thing. Uh, for instance, any believer, maybe new or maybe old, comes to you with some problem. The best way is not to try to solve their problem. You can never solve others' problem. Even you have a lot of problem not solved yet. <laughs> right? You just forget about that. According to my experience, the best way to water others is to open a short word in the Bible and pray-read with him. Just about five minutes. You just pray a short word in the Bible with him. Now, when you water him, you got watered. This is the best way. Don't get into their problem. You have to believe God is his father, and both your father. The father will take care of all our problems. Pray together with him. But this way, spontaneously, you bring him to the Lord. And he helps you to get into the Lord deeper. So both of you will be watered. This is to water. I just say this much. Well, Ron, the preface to this section, as we read a moment ago, this verse in chapter 2 talking about conveying spiritual thoughts. We're talking about spiritual things using spiritual words. Here, the spiritual words are planting and watering. Uh, What are the spiritual things that are being conveyed with these words? These things are profound. We shouldn't mistake the simplicity of the utterance for simplicity of thought. Paul had the mind of Christ. He indicated that at the end of chapter 2, right? Mm-hmm, right. He said, we have the mind, mind of, of Christ. Christ. Having the mind of Christ, he had a profound spiritual understanding of the divine thought. And this divine thought is conveyed by spiritual words. And in my fellowship, I would draw upon two words found in the New Testament and conveyed in 1 Corinthians 3 to kind of succinctly summarize the divine thought here. Life and building. Life is God himself in Christ as the Spirit flowing in us. God's building is the corporate expression of the triune God in Christ with his chosen, redeemed, regenerated, transformed, built-up people. The word life is not used in chapter 3, but it's clearly indicated. God's farm, planting. Paul went to Corinth and planted. How did he do that? According to chapter 4, he did so by begetting those chosen ones and being thereby um, a channel for them to be born of God and to become children of God. But here, Paul wants to emphasize that God's goal is the building, the universal temple, ultimately the New Jerusalem, Mm -hmm. but the universal temple expressed as local churches. And a local church is a local expression of the universal temple and hence is a temple of God. 
Paul knew God's goal is the building. Paul also knew that God's life flowing is the way. So Paul laid Christ as the unique foundation, then instructed us quite strongly to take heed how we build. We should build with the things of God. And the goal is the building as the corporate expression of God. But a crucial factor is the growth in life. So Paul repeats this. God causes the growth. There's the planting and there's the watering. That's the beginning. And the watering is part of the process. The goal is the building. But how do we get from plants to a building It seems to be mixing metaphors, and it is mixing metaphors. But there's a continuity of thought related to life and building here. How do we get from plants to a building? That is by the genuine growth in the divine life, which brings in the marvelous process of transformation in life, which causes us to become, spiritually speaking, gold, silver, Precious stones, significantly three elements. Right. The only materials allowed by God in his building. Life, Chris, life, which is God himself flowing. Yeah. Life, which is God himself growing. The building, which is God himself expressed corporately. This is Paul's thought. These are the spiritual things. Farm, plant, water, building, growth. These are the spiritual words. The question remaining is, where are the spiritual people to receive the spiritual words that communicate the spiritual things? I'm reminded of the Lord's word himself, spoken seven times in Revelation. He who has an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. We are not engaged in mere mental analysis. We like to exercise our understanding with our spirit to become the spiritual persons, to receive Paul's spiritual words that communicate the spiritual things concerning the building of God accomplished by the growth and development of the life of God in the believers, who are God's farm, which becomes God's building. Ron, I sense the Lord is uh, with us in our fellowship today, so I'm going to be a little presumptuous and suggest we just keep going and cover this next point, because I think where we're at, it's very fitting. And that is that Paul had a hand in the planting. Apollos was involved in the watering, but the growth is something that is uniquely God's portion, isn't it? It is. I mean, Paul makes it explicit God caused the growth. Neither is he who plants anything, nor he who waters, but God causes the growth. Do you know what this means? It means, and I'm not being facetious, it means God causes the growth. No human being, no fellow worker of God, no apostle, no pastor, no evangelist, no Bible teacher, no brothers involved in radio ministry, 
cause the growth. We cannot cause ourselves to grow. We cannot cause others to grow. God causes the growth. This is God's responsibility. God is not looking for fellow workers to do his work of causing people to grow. But God is looking for fellow workers who have the vision that Paul had, who know the goal of God's economy, the building, mm-hmm. and who know and experience Christ as life as the means to accomplish God's goal to have the building as his corporate expression. If we are clear about God's goal, the building, and if we are clear about God's means, the divine life, and if we are clear that God is looking for some to be one with him and to labor with him, then we will realize some of us plant. Mm-hmm. That's our portion. Right. We can go to a new area and plant. People are saved and a genuine church is established. Others water. But those who plant and those who water must be absolutely clear. That's it. Actually, while we're fellowshipping this way, I have such a sense of rest in my spirit and such a fresh enjoyment of yeah. the watering, right. the me, flowing me too. of the spirit as the water with the assurance it's simply not our job to cause anyone to grow. That's a relief, isn't it? It is a relief, and it honors the Lord to join Paul to say, we're here watering, living stream ministry, watering. That's as far as it goes. Even for what comes out of this broadcast in the lives of those that are listening, that depends on God who causes the growth. But I'm pretty sure God would be happy if we prayed and said, Lord, all we can do is plant and water. You are the one who causes the growth. Lord, for the sake of your building, cause the plants on your farm to grow to maturity. Mm. Well, I want to save enough time to, that we can go back to Witness Lee for this final segment today because now we're moving on not to the mixed metaphor, bringing the building in here, but really what we're seeing is the progression in the revelation of God's economy, that what is planted, what is watered, and what is given growth by God uniquely undergoes a process whereby it becomes useful for his ultimate goal, the building. Let's go to Witness Lee. Now we come to uh, God's building. We have to consider this point in this way. All the philosophical great believers, they didn't have the realization that God's eternal goal with them is to have a temple. You see, they cared for their philosophy. They cared for their culture. They cared for their wisdom. They cared for their personal interest because some of them say, I am of Apollos. That means Apollos is my taste. 
my choice. Another one says, I am Cephas. Cephas is his preference. They only care for all these personal individual things. They just neglected God's eternal goal. They didn't care for God's building. So, right after the first two chapters, Paul, here in chapter 3, gets on God's building, showing them that this is God's eternal goal. God doesn't want you to be a wonderful individual believer. No, no. God doesn't want that. God only cares for a building. You all have to be builded. You see, to build it, you need to grow. Uh, to grow, you need to be watered. God's eternal goal is to have a farm to grow materials for his building, that this building may be his dwelling place, the holy temple. Boy, there's a lot in this message to, uh, to try to cover in a short time, Ron. We've touched a lot already, but we have to have a couple of minutes to spend on this uh, introduction of this matter of the building, don't we? Uh, we need it, but it's good that these messages are in print and, and available, as you will remind the, the listeners uh, momentarily. God's goal is the building. That's his goal. Listening to Brother Lee's uh, ministry on this point, as we just did, I was struck by the simple utterances, God wants, God cares. Mm -hmm. Why do I emphasize this? This kind of speaking is from a person who knows what God wants and what God cares for. God wants a building. God wants a corporate expression. God does not want to build heavenly mansions for people to dwell in individualistically. God wants a temple, the church, which ultimately consummates in the divine human spiritual city, the New Jerusalem. This is what God wants. This should matter to us. And God cares about this. We care about so many things. I prefer this preacher. I like that ministry. I like that speaker. I'm of him. I, I go here and there. Paul, representing God, rejects all of that. God does not care for our personal preferences, for our individualistic tastes. God cares for the building. God wants the building. Now the question is, are we willing to open ourselves to want what God wants and to care for what God cares for? This is what's crucial, and this is at the heart of this ministry. By the Lord's grace and through his word and by the Spirit, we have come to learn from Paul what God wants. God wants the building. We have come to see what God cares for. God cares for the building. Mm. This is God's goal. God's way is by the growth and development of life with transformation. There is much more to consider from this chapter, but we take heart in the fact we're just beginning. Hmm. We're only starting in an initial way with this message. There is much more to come, and we look to the Lord for his blessing on the upcoming programs 
and we would just um, encourage our listeners to avail themselves of every opportunity to enter into the divine thought, the divine revelation in 1 Corinthians 3 in particular as it's expounded in spiritual words, conveying spiritual things by this ministry. Yeah, what a privilege to handle this ministry and to be involved in such a, an opportunity. And I appreciate always when you're able to drop by. I particularly enjoyed today's program. Thank you. You're welcome, Chris. Well, Ron already recommended the Life Study Messages. I will just uh, give you the way to uh, contact us so that you can get them for yourself. It's toll-free number if you'd like to call us, one 888 Study. 888-543-3788. And because time is short, we'll just give you that opportunity today. Be sure and call us and we will uh, get the material off to you right away. For Ron Kangas, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening.